I remember I went to one of your shows last year. There was some other girl who was like this, like yeah, over like your deck. Yeah. She kept purposely putting, and she's like looking and, and I'm like. Too nice to. Just- I was I was about to do that. It's like, dude, just he can't slap her see. Hands out of the yeah, way just, like yeah. he can't see. Like she was like pretending like she was like cooking up with. Yeah, him. I know. I was like, this. whenever I see that, I'm like, you yelled at her though. I I did. I was I did yell at her. I did. Yeah, I do that for you. I, <laughs> I was like, thank God. I am non-confrontational like unless in. it comes to you at this yeah. point. Yeah, because she just wouldn't stop. She was just drunk. She, she was, was really drunk. But like, yeah. she's in like half the footage from that show. Welcome to Elevated Frequencies, the show that gives you access to the next level of house and techno so you can explore an elevated lifestyle. Today I am doing something a little bit different. I released this as a bonus episode last month, but we are putting this in regular rotation. A duo show with my brother, Jonah, aka Prapa. Nice to see you again. Nice to meet you. (laughs) This is what we call relevant frequencies because we're talking about current events, hot takes, stuff that's going on in the industry right now that we think is worth chatting about. And I love doing this because, as you mentioned to me a couple months ago, nobody really is. I mean, we have EDM Twitter, but nobody's really riffing on the state of the industry like they should be. True. Yeah. It's uh, kind of just, uh, it's always been an industry of kids, not in a bad way at all, but we've all just kind of been experiencing it. And not really like doing this side of it. You know what I mean? Like the high level postulating and reflecting. And yeah. yeah. We're definitely starting to see more of it, but yeah. th- there's, not, there's not a whole lot of discourse. So one thing that I want to start off with that I'm really excited to talk about, I've been passionate about this topic since I got my feet wet into the industry a couple years ago, is the fact that AD, ADE just finished. By the time this comes out, it'll be a couple weeks. Um, it is definitely a bucket list item for me to go to that. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to go to it. Um, I'll be honest, up until this year, I never really got the FOMO during it. But it could just be because like my career is growing and I'm connecting with other artists now. But like this was the first year I saw a ton of my American artist friends get invited to go do stuff out there. Like Hood Politics had that really cool panel discussion and show that they did. Um, DJ Susan had like a great turnout for his crowd. Um, I know Mikey Berenche was out there. Like there is a ton of really cool, like actual American artists out there for once. So yeah, for once I actually had some ADE FOMO, but um, I'm not going without an invite because that ticket to Amsterdam is hefty. I yeah I haven't even I haven't even began to explore that avenue and what what makes it so special obviously is all of the networking and conferences and, and those extras that you're not going to get like at a festival here mm-hmm. so I was doing research for this and I saw that there used to be something called EDM Biz I think it I don't know how long it ran for but it ended in 2016. This was like an insomniac thing during EDC Vegas. So obviously it was like a conference coinciding. 
Um, and then, you know, you have like South by Southwest, which occasionally will integrate like electronic music artists. And then you have winter music conference. Obviously. Yeah. You also, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, they're all winter music conference. I mean, they're all in their own ways networking events. I mean, in America, it just seems like most of, we have so many festivals. It seems like most of the networking is done, you know, backstage at this point. Sure. But I feel, I feel like, first of all, that kind of creates silos. Like if you can't get backstage, you're oh, not yeah. going to be able to get your oh, yeah. feet wet in networking and not just for artists, but people who want to be managers, who want to be, you know, talent buyers, who want to be people, you know, like myself being on the media side of things, you really kind of have to figure out those back alleys to, to navigate and meet people. Whereas these conferences, like you all have a reason to be there. And the reason is networking. Cause you know, people get weird too about networking at festivals because oh, it's like we're just here to have fun it's either that or like i mean i'm not gonna lie when i have a show at least because i don't play like a ton of shows right now like when i'm when i'm traveling out of state and i have a show the last thing i want to do before i go on stage if i'm like headlining or something is try to network like right my i can't get in that headspace it's nothing yeah. against anyone you know yeah no well no like a club or festival is a place to say hello and make a connection and maybe, you know, get like an Instagram handle or a phone number or whatever, but you're not like sitting there talking about business and you're not sharing ideas. The music is loud. You're there for that reason. You know, it's a, yeah. obviously a party atmosphere. And so I just, it, it kind of sucks that we're really missing that component. And I'm wondering with just anecdotally understanding how popular this, all these genres are becoming now in the United States. Like, are we going to start to see some more of that? I think we definitely will. I mean, there's also stuff on a small scale. Um, I know that Chicago has random industry events that happen. A lot of them are for producers and whatnot. Um, I can't speak to the effectiveness of them, especially when you're dealing on a local level. Right. There is a a ceiling to like, you know, what's going on in the local industry, you know, ADE offers global perspective. So obviously it's better than a local perspective, but um, I mean, it'll definitely grow. Um, we're, we're, we're still in a, a baby phase of electronic music. Like you have to think like electronic music is shifted like in pop, in general popularity and in age, age wise, like 20 years past hip hop, right? Like hip hop got its initial big exposure, late eighties, 90s it had its renaissance 2000s um electronic music didn't have its renaissance till 2010s you know yeah. what i mean in the 90s the the hip-hop music industry wasn't exactly you know um organized like right. that they weren't doing right the type of things they're doing now um so i mean when you look at it like we still we're we're, we're still in an era where 95% of the the legends who started what we do are still around. Right. You know what I mean? They're still doing yeah, touring. Like, they're not like retiring. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. One, one thing that like I want to mention, because this is just a good marketing tactic, no matter what industry you're in. This morning, Freddie, my husband, your brother-in-law, he's a contractor. He does painting. You're married? And, <laughs> he does painting and remodeling. And he went, he got like a couple dozen Stan's donuts and went to different real estate companies this morning around Chicago, gave him donuts, gave him his card, said, nice to meet you. And he has so many contacts just out of that half an hour spent this morning. That's a great idea. I know. And so 
but you can't really do that in this industry because a lot of people have day jobs. Unless you're a producer. But you don't know where to find them unless you're like going to like Fort Knox Studios and saying, hello, let me talk to all you. You know what I'm saying? Like there's really not that opportunity to make that one-on-one personal connection in a casual low effort environment where it doesn't seem like you're encroaching. Yeah, it's like just like I'm giving it's so much you, harder. It's so much harder. You're cutting through so much noise and people look at your follower count. They look at all these other factors before they even decide to engage with yeah. you. They're using all the, whereas Freddie going and giving donuts just shows goodwill. Hey, I'm a normal person. Just wanted to say hello, trying to grow my business. On the flip side of that, have you ever connected with someone in the club that seems like they could be a good connection for you? And then you follow them and you go the next day, wake up and look at their Instagram. You're like, oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) because when you meet people like, yeah, I can say like there's some people I've met like when I'm not going to like call out the specific places, but in a festival environment where Freddie and I are like, these people are awesome. Oh, yeah. we're going to be lifelong friends. And then I'm like, never mind. Yeah. I'll meet, I'll, I'll see them again in like an out of show context. And I'm like, we have absolutely nothing yeah, in common, some which people, is fine. Some That's friends fine. are best held like at the shows and yes, festivals. 100%. But I mean, I have friends I only see in the club and, and like, yeah. I've, yeah. And that's fine. But like when you're trying to grow a business, you have to show people that you're multifaceted and you're like normal and you aren't like everything almost seems so desperate when you're in a club, like when you're trying yeah. to like network. And so when you're having, drooling in someone's ear, because y- <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and like they're doing a million different things. Like you just can't make a good connection. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we really need, whether it is, it doesn't have to be like like you said, AD is highly organized. It can be something local or, you know, just just more stuff like WMC. Mm-hmm. I, I would really love to see that happen because then you will, you know, meet people that you might not have given a chance otherwise because they only have, you know, X amount of followers or whatever it is. Yeah. But you see they have real talent or they have real passion or they're a workhorse. I mean, at this point, we're kind of speaking into a void because it seems like Insomniac has to be the one to step up to do it. Yeah. Like there's really no other. Right. Because like, they run the majority. There's other companies that could maybe, but like most of the companies that can do it are funded by Insomniac in the, anyway. So it's a fair point. Yeah. It's so it point. seems like Insomniac needs to be the ones to step up. And they're very capable. And it I, sounds I, like they did it before. I they did, yeah. I couldn't find a lot of um, stuff on it, but it's, it was in, but it was in Vegas. During EDC. That makes sense. Which too. Is like, I do remember that yeah. like existing. Yeah. And I could also see how like America is a huge industry. Like we always forget like how big our market is just yeah. like in general, like sheer actual size mileage. Yeah. Right. Like you can get all of Europe to go to Amsterdam. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like it's hard to get all of America to go right. to Vegas at the same time. And, and, but you know what? I have, I found an interesting stat. I mean, I don't know how true it is cause it was from, um, Wikipedia, but like apparently 40% of attendees come for WMC from okay. out of out of the country. Out of the, okay. Yeah, so like people non-Americans. So that shows that the demand, like there's interest mm-hmm. there. In something like if here, they're yeah. willing to travel, you know, here, guaranteed people from the United States are desperate yeah. for something like this. The one thing I will say like without actually being a marketing event, Miami Music Week is probably where most people in America are doing like they're networking yeah. in person. Smaller parties, more like curated events. That's definitely a better place because it's not just, hey, we're in a loud club and like whatever, like curated events. Definitely. So it, many of my like friend DJs have like bumped into like their idol DJs or whatever, right. just walking through right. 
you know, hotels yeah. that they're staying yeah. in and stuff because they're all in the same place. I right. mean, that's really, obviously, you know, the benefit of ADE is everyone's in the same place. Right. And you, and you know why you're there. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, if, if we could just have a space to know that this is meant for networking, then it doesn't come off as, like, desperate or, like, annoying. Because I know I'm super like conscious of that. Like I never want to mm. try to steal someone's ear for like, I don't do, I don't, I don't do any sort of networking. It's, it's in the to club. a fault for both of us though. Is it not? Yes. We both should be more bold about like making introductions. Yeah. Yeah. And ourselves. in general, just like wrapping ourselves. Like I feel like both of us, we, we both have like a tendency to look at certain things and be like, Oh, that might be cringe. Like I wouldn't yeah. do that. But a lot of the people we know that are succeeding are doing those things that we don't want to do. Because, like, there's this girl on TikTok who always talks about if you want to be famous, you have to not care about being cringy. Yeah, and it's the truth. It's true, man. It's it's the truth. Like people that you and I have, not anybody like here that we know, but just like celebrities in general. Like, how are they so famous? Like that they're so cringy. It's like, Did yeah, you see that's Charlie why. D'Amelia working at Walmart for a shift. No, so that she could for a photo op. That's as cringy That's, as it could be. Can you but do Walmart that though? Walmart probably gave her a big, big can, bag. Can you do that though? Like, I don't, I don't think I could. No, I can never I, do that. I, she is literally the rudest, most pompous thing I've ever heard in my entire really? life. Really? Oh, it, I don't, I it, don't even know that about her. Well, no, no, I'm saying like her working a shift at Walmart for a photo op, and she like she's taking a video of her, and she's all yeah, like, I, guess, I hope the editor puts it. In the uh, in the footage because it's 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 ridiculous. So essentially, like cosplaying being poor. Exactly. Yeah. And she's cosplaying as a as blue collar. Just yeah. It's it's so gross. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, that's that's a good segue into our next topic, which is like DJs who are a brand versus DJs who share their personal life mm-hmm. because the this is some a point we've belabored over and over, but like the content machine you have to be to be relevant on social Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, like shticks is one way to get people to follow you. And it's PR too. I'm sure they knew that people were going to be like angry. Right. Using controversy. Yeah. But that's just, that's more comments. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is like a, like I said, we've talked about this so many times, but you know, for me, let me, let me start here. When I am looking for a guest for my show, and, you know, not trying to sound whatever, but there's definitely like boundaries and guidelines I have for picking guests. And it is that they show, they, like their persona signals to me that they're willing to have deeper conversations about creative entrepreneurship, mindset, manifestation, just being, having a positive, you know, outlook, all these things versus if they don't show that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with them. And maybe they are that, like that kind of person too, but they don't show it. Yeah. But for me to make sure I have a productive conversation on my show, I need to have somebody that's kind of showing who they are. And that can be through personal post or it could be through branded content. Yeah. I feel like you, besides your occasional funny fucking stories, which are like my favorite, <laughs> you don't really show like, you're very much like I'm a branded DJ. Yeah, I, I I think I towed the line in between both, which is it's it's really hard, you know, because um, I my one thing is, is I make myself extremely accessible. And I think that's really important, like not accessible, like you can call me whenever. But it's like my everything I do in the studio, like my whole production process is out there online. You yeah. go on YouTube, you can subscribe to my Patreon, you can go yeah. to Drop Guns YouTube 
Instagram, their Instagram, anywhere. And you could watch videos. I have videos of me producing full songs front to back. Yeah. Um, I'm an open book about my process and I, I help people out. I give tutorials. I explain things. So in that sense, I'm personable, but I definitely have like a brand behind it where that's part of your brand Yeah, is like the, is like the mentorship and like the intricacies of production. Yeah. Like that really fascinates you. And I know that that's fascinated you since I grew up together and I Mm -hmm. watched you tinkering around with instruments and stuff. So that's like part of your brand, Yeah, which is cool because that's not, Obviously, you put a lot of effort into your content. It's the halfway but that's in like, between, like being extreme, like too personal, yeah, and then being like a, a complete brand that's yeah. like just just cardboard. You right. know what I mean? Right. And it's it's a low effort in the sense that like this is who you already are, so mm-hmm. it's easy to like turn that into. That's a why, brand, I, and that's why I leaned into it because it's yeah. like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm I can be, I can try to be funny, but it's like with the most real version of me is just what I know, just production. Yeah. I think that's important for a lot of artists too. Um, and that's not to be, you know, with that said, the reason why I kind of thought about that I was thinking on this topic in the first place was like, I tossed back and forth on whether or not I think more DJs should show their work. Um, I don't think it's like absolutely necessary for you to, to like be taken seriously by any means, but it it does do a lot for making your brand. It, you could still be like a hardcore branded DJ and have a little bit of that like peek behind the scenes. It'll go right. such a long way. It's, it's humanizing. Yeah. Like it's interesting. And also like, no, like I feel like there's not any secrets in production, right? Like, you know what, you know, it's a technical, like, obviously, you know, more as you advance, but it, but you knowing this advanced technique isn't like a, a secret. Yeah. Like I, I think a lot of people don't realize like there's, of course there's like little secrets for the most part. They're like workarounds. They're like yeah. quick hacks. Right. But overall, what I've understood from like now I've been teaching for two years with music production is like, a lot of it is just you can't comprehend it until you've comprehended other things. Like in order to explain one concept to someone, they need to already know about like six other concepts. It's like math. Yeah. The building exactly. blocks of math. So it's like I can tell people certain things, but they're never going to comprehend it until, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no reason to not keep like to, to keep secrets. Yeah. You know what I mean, right. You, yeah. Because and I I tell I'm so such an open book with the knowledge that I have. And people have said to me like, oh, aren't you afraid? Like they're going to like try to like go after your clients or do what you do. I'm like, no, because it's me. I'm, yeah. I am the secret sauce. And so that's what I think is interesting about like how you brand yourself. And I wanted to actually do a whole episode about how you brand yourself on Instagram because I know a lot of great local, yourself included, and then, you know, uh, international DJs that do really interesting things. Um but nobody can, like, if someone tries to copy you, like, eventually that doesn't work, you know? Yeah. Like if someone's trying to steal your branding. People have tried to steal my stuff all the time, actually. I, I, know, <laughs> I know they have. And how many times is, have they gotten yeah. taken down or called out for it? Yeah. I'm actually about to uh, issue some takedowns here because uh, we, we didn't talk. I have a song that'll be out. Um, by the time this episode drops, my uh, my remix of Always on Time by Ashanti and Ja Rule um, was on my SoundCloud, and it is now moving its way to Spotify and all platforms November 3rd. Um, and that, along with another one I have coming out in January, 
um, have both been stolen and other people's names put on, on them and reclaimed and reused to hell all over the internet. And on the third, when my song is out, I get to issue season assists across the board to everyone who stole that track. Oh my God. <laughs> That's, and is it like regular? Like It's pretty much it, like once a month. Okay, but I remember we talked about this before and there was like one DJ who was doing it, but you, we couldn't find him anywhere. These people that you can actually find, you can track down. Yeah, for the most part, it's all like people just posting on their SoundClouds and hoping that I don't see it. But everything That's gets crazy. sent to me. Anytime yeah. a song in Tech House gets like a thousand views and they're stealing my stuff, someone sends it to me. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like you can only like keep up that ruse for so long. Yeah. So I think that that paralyzes a lot of people from wanting to create. Like last week I had somebody impersonating me on TikTok. And they had almost yeah. a thousand followers and they were DMing people saying, oh, I do personal readings for, I'm like, well, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a psychic. <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> So I was pissed off because they were actually trying to hack into my voicemail and Instagram, but thankfully, like, I've always been vigilant about that stuff. Did you find out who it is? No, it's probably some fucking scammer from those main, like, I talked to Lex, our mutual friend, who's in, like, cybersecurity, and he's like, your name probably got put on a list of people to try to, like, pop off or whatever. So that, that was a tangent, but, like, that account got taken down within a couple of days. I'm sure another one will pop up, but, yeah. like, I, you can't let that, like, stop you from... Continuing yeah. to create. I think going back to it more than ever, DJs, I think it's important to share your work, show your work one way or another. Because that's gonna- Nobody can ever claim that I haven't made every single millisecond of audio that's available through my brand. All the music I've created, like there's footage one way or another of me in the studio making it on Instagram, on YouTube, whatever. And I'm not saying you have to do it for every song, but- Let's just say that, like, if it comes around a time when someone's like, hey, like, never seen that guy show his work. Does he actually produce music? You don't want to have to fight to prove that you do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That opens up a can of worms for me. Like, I feel like, and I, I, I can't even name anyone off the top of my head, but I feel like a lot of artists, and this just goes for any genre that has a strong brand, where like shticks and like creating content's part of their persona, they probably are having a lot of stuff ghost produce and nobody, people just pay attention. Oh, look at how many followers they have. Look at these funny videos they make. So it's kind of just like that transparency thing. Yeah. I mean, so I used to, I'll, I'll, I can give the whole scoop on like ghost producing right now, if you want, without saying any names of anybody or anything like that. Like, the thing about ghost producing going off of what you said is you realize how accessible it is. It's actually extremely accessible. Um, I do it myself. Um, yeah, you gave me the theme song in my show. I used, what was it called? Ghost. Yeah, EDMghostproduction.com. Yeah, that, that website's fantastic. But that's a legitimate, like. Yeah, it's a business. But you have to understand, they're only charging 400 to $1,200 per yeah. song. So it's right. not like it's inaccessible. Right. Um, back when, when electronic music was kind of having its, its renaissance blow up during, like, big room, you know, like what the whole world was starting to discover it Ghost producing a song like Martin Vorwerk was the big one. He was charging tens of thousands of dollars per song. You know what I mean? Now it's, it's not like that. Um, it's, it's extremely easy to be ghost produced at this point. Um, there's different levels to it. You can buy songs off websites really easily. 
um, you can find guys like me who are always looking for cash. Um, and I worked for two different people just yeah. directly right. producing for them, um, where they would tell me what they want me to make and I would make it. Um, and there's also like the halfway point is when there's a kind of an epidemic of people just downloading packs that have loops in them, like pre-made loops. So like I work for drop gun samples. We make, we make songs associated with the packs that we sell, right? Like to promote the packs. Like this is what you can do with the sounds that are in the pack. And we'll press those sounds into loops because people might want to use them for some, which a lot, most of the time people use them for good, right? They use the loop and then they build something around it. A lot of times people are just re-putting together songs with slight changes. And there was, there was a dubstep DJ. I forgot her name, but she got called out for it on EDM Twitter, Twitter earlier this year for stealing an entire song out of a pack. So that's the other way. And, and it's happened a lot more than yeah. people realize because there's a lot of packs that go unnoticed out there. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the industry people know what's up. It's yeah. the fans. A lot of times are none the wiser. Um, but that's the thing. You can't have a, a career with longevity if you're doing shit like that, because eventually somebody is going to, you know, sniff it out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you have money, you can definitely pay your way. Yeah. Like, if you, I think at the level you're just talking about, you can't, if you have somebody that you've hired, that's like yep. just your official ghost producer. And you know, I'm going to say something controversial, but maybe not. If you can DJ and you have a ghost producer that you pay really well. Yeah. And people like you and you're a good DJ. I, so like that's like no, it's a great okay discussion. It. It's a great like discussion to have okay because it. I I don't like the like, oh he doesn't make his music. Fuck him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because there's some people who are just like, okay, no, she doesn't use ghost producer, she doesn't produce. But I interviewed Sam Divine at EDC last year, and she's like, I'm not a producer. I just love DJing, mm-hmm. and like that's a separate skill set. Yeah. And so if you want songs that you really love, but you don't want to learn how to make, but you know the sounds or whatever, like. Like, it's almost like how I consult certain people how to be on camera or I consult people on certain things. They're ultimately bringing it to the finish line. I kind of feel like if you're not misrepresenting, I don't really see a problem with it. You can acknowledge that an artist doesn't produce their own music and have maybe less respect for them than someone that you know produces all their music and goes that extra mile, but still enjoy them. You and it's I mean? about their attitude towards it too. That, yeah. Like, what is the Fisher Chris Lake situation? Like, Chris Lake produced. We don't know. We're not allowed to talk about it, really. <laughs> All right, cut that out, James. <laughs> I I don't know, but I I just, this is my ignorance. Like, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's working. Yeah. Whether it is or isn't. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I I had a point on that. I mean, this has been happening. I think that people don't realize this has been going on forever. And, and now, like, I can take this back. If you go back to just hip hop, not even back to like right now, there are still ghostwriters. You know what I mean? Right. Like, ghostwriters have been around that's in hip hop for 20 if, years. Yeah. Yeah. That's a normal ghost thing. Ghostwriters have been around in pop music. Anything. Ghost singers. Right. Did you know that? 
Oh, come on. Black Box? Jennifer you know- Lopez. Yeah, yeah Black oh, Box. Don't get me started on Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. I can't lot, with Jennifer so Lopez. Ashanti a sings artists who don't actually sing on their and songs. And they're very, very... So it's interesting that we kind of hold... DJs, like... To a different standard. Yeah. Where that's really... Especially when it's a lower paid genre, right? Unless Way you're big time. Paid. And that's so we're like forcing... Yeah. That's very interesting. And, and then people will be like, well, all they do is press play. It's like... If you don't sing your music, all you do is lip sync. Right. That's way less talent. <laughs> That's actually such a good point. <laughs> Are you kidding me? At least they're actually doing now. If you play a pre-recorded set, that's something else. Yeah. You know, right. we could talk Different. about that. Right. But like No, and we know that DJing yeah. isn't just pressing Dude, play. Ghost, um ghost writing, ghost singing has been going on since the nineteen forties. Black like, Box like, is the most heart wrenching. So they I'm picked, so sad to know that the singers the don't actually sing. Yeah. Yeah, they picked that model, but the woman behind it, I'm blanking on her name. She's like the powerhouse vocals of like the eighties. She yeah, sings no, so many um, songs. She she's already been she she's the one who did uh she's this the voice on the Fisher song too. Is she? I'm pretty sure. On uh on uh we're gonna I, have to look back I, at it. Yeah, I have to look up her name, but like black yeah. box. But yeah, I mean the cat came out of the bag once everyone else started resampling her. Yeah. But there's also who's that singer duo? The 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 male duo with the long hair that's from Millie Sweden. Vanilli? Millie Vanilli. Yeah, yeah, I know. Same that was thing. like a big that was like that a was whole huge, big thing. Dude. Yeah. Millie Vanilli. They've come back. Holloway. They, they, Holloway is the singer. Yeah. Uh, it's her last name. Uh, Lolietta Holloway. Lolietta yeah. Holloway. I just remember seeing this video of Black Box like doing a live performance. And you could tell. And first, well, props to the model that they hired. She like really, but like you could tell that powerful voice is not coming out of her body. But then they showed a guy on the keyboard and he was literally just doing yes. this. <laughs> like it's like, wait, you're not even hitting the keyboard. But they did, I mean, that song is a banger, Right on Time. That's the one I'm talking oh, about. yeah, of course. That's like one of my favorite songs, but you look at the video and he's just doing this. Yeah. And it's like, it's all fake. That's it. Like, dude, music has been manufactured for us. Like, like factory manufactured for us for years. And we're yeah. just now becoming conscious of like some guy hiring, you know, some Joe Schmo where right. people are actually getting paid, not the labels. Like people right. in these right. situations and most of the time are actually getting paid like a worth. So, you know what I mean? So back to yeah. your point, like transparency is your brand. I mean, it's just something to think about for artists. We kind of, this conversation started about branding, but it's like, Depending on, you're somebody who really cares about like industry respect and I am too. Like, I don't care if I have two fans. If the industry, the right industry people are paying attention and like my message and same goes for you, that's what we care about more. So it's just like kind of a different mindset. Mm -hmm. I mean, it almost kind of sounds like hipster, like E in a way, but it's the truth. Like, I would rather have like, the respect from people who understand what it takes to do this craft yeah. versus, you know, thousands of fans who are none the wiser. I mean, and also but like from, from where I am, like the, it also brings opportunities. If you're a producer and you're trying to grow your brand and whatever, showing my work is what got drop gun, what made drop gun contact mm-hmm. me right. and want me to be their ambassador, their, right. their content creator. Um, so I, I wouldn't have that job, that money, yeah. that connection 
those you, friends. You are a good teacher, though, too. Teaching a skill is yeah, a lot different. For sure. But that came from me starting to explain these concepts online. Right. And then people right. are like, oh, do you teach lessons? And I sucked yeah. when I started, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a good avenue for people who are growing to just go. I, a lot of the artists I've interviewed are teachers in some way or another or have communities. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's let's segue into uh, like our little final bit here. This is a lot less philosophical, but I wanted to bring this up as like festival seasons kind of coming to a close, but we still have shows. And I think I'm just extra ornery right now because I broke my toe and I can't really go to shows as much as I'd like to right now. Can I interject really quick? What? I may or may not have also broken my toe yesterday. Are you joking me? I swear to God. Did you hear it? Like, did it crack? On what? On a table in my house. Do you need my boot? I have no, an extra I'm boot. I'm fine because I've broken my toes so many times. I, I'm used to the pain does at this it hurt? point. Does it hurt? It hurts, yeah. Dude, that was, it hurts so bad. It actually doesn't hurt anymore unless I'm like curl, It's like, like the same fucking it. toe as yours too. <laughs> Good thing you're a homebody and you don't go yeah, anywhere. Yeah, I don't go anywhere. I had to cancel so much shit. And I'm scared. Like I'm getting invited to stuff and I'm scared because of just, crowds. So that's why I wanted to talk about like festival and show Ix mm-hmm. because it's really a conundrum for me being a fan because I fucking hate crowds. So like I'm I'm also just going to shows less and less because because of that, not just because of the toe. Um <laughs> but I wanna but I want to go one for one because I wrote these down. And my first one is people who lack spatial awareness. This is a me getting old being a fucking curmudgeon, but I understand dance floors are busy and packed. I When I go to a place that like either, I, I don't really drink so I don't get, you know, tables that often because I'm not going to pay for something I'm not going to use. Dance floors are crowded, but the people who lack spatial awareness because they're drinking or whatever and they're just like flailing their arms and they don't care who's around them or bumping into people repeatedly. For, like quick tangent, Freddie and I on like our third week of dating, like we almost didn't make it because we were at a club and I'm so used to like being single, right? Like so fending for myself. And when you have a man in the picture, like they feel like they need to step in and defend you. There, We were at this like crowded club in Florida and there was a guy who's like my size and he kept like accidentally, accidentally elbowing me because he was so drunk and he's like literally like doing the fucking chicken dance. <laughs> and so after like the fifth time of him doing this, I turned around and I shoved him really hard because he was like bumping into me so hard. I was jolting forward. I'm like, this is insane. And so I turned around and I shoved him, which I was like 25 at the time. I would not do that at 31, but he, he didn't fall or anything. He kind of came back to his senses and I can hear him saying to his buddies like that he wants to go fight Freddie essentially because I, whatever. And so I'm screaming to Freddie. I'm like, Freddie, we got to leave. This guy's trying to start shit. And Freddie thought I was saying he wanted me to fight, which him, I wanted Freddie to fight, which I did not. Yeah. So long story short, we got into like this huge blah argument and I put all of his stuff on my curb and he like took a taxi to oh my, my house gosh. and the taxi driver was like, damn, what'd you do? It was all over a misunderstanding, but because that guy didn't have spatial awareness and bumped <laughs> me, like literally, like I got an elbow to the spine, okay? There's gotta be some sort of standard that we set 
for people to just fucking be aware of their surroundings. Or at least their boyfriend should be ready to fight. Yeah, no, no, because I hate that shit too. That's definitely not yeah. what I wanted. No, I but totally like, get it. If uh, I was single, like nothing would have happened. What is he going to do? Fight me? Yeah. You know? No, I, I totally get it. Um, I mean, and it's, it's everywhere, especially if you get a busy booth. You yeah. know, like oh, a, yeah. it's the worst. If you're DJing, people yeah. like literally don't give a shit. What when they're wh- standing right up on the deck too, when they're not DJing, dude. And I, I hate when like you got someone standing at the at the decks when they're not the DJ. Usually, it's a girl, and they're there on every drop, like. Like, like they're the DJ, you know what I mean? Like they're the DJ standing right next to them. Like it's like, dude, it's okay. It's either a girl or Or it is a a drunk ass Chad. Yeah. It's a buddy of the DJ or a buddy of a buddy. You know what I'm saying? Someone who just has no business. I'm telling, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I think you're telling him immediately to get the fuck out of Your friends know though. Like there's there. I'm trying to remember what. What DJ was it that I saw recently? I probably shouldn't even say it, but I just remember there was a guy that got up there and you could tell he was like maybe a finance bro or something. And he's up there like conducting and telling people to clap and like doing things. It's like, what are you doing? The thing is, the reason why I say like it's more girls is because guys, most DJs will be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Girls, they're not going to say anything. Well, yeah, because they have to be like nice or like girls that go on social media and say, oh my God, so and so was so mean. Yeah. So So it's just people who like literally, it's like, like, they're not not here for you. Yeah. They're like trying to, they're trying to like steal a moment. You know what else I hate in the booth is when people get in your ear like this. Oh my God. What sucks is like, dude, the music's loud. No shit. Yeah. When you scream in my ear, you are adding extra decibels to the ear yeah. damage that I'm going to wake up yeah. with. And they're probably spitting. Yeah. And they're, they're probably just, spitting or yeah, just get Straight spitting oh, yeah. in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking hate that. I, dude, have you ever had someone scream in your ear? Like you're, the music's loud and you're managing it. And then someone yeah. screams in your ear and you're like, oh, yeah. fuck, my yeah. ear hurts now. Like, cause they just add that extra and, little bit to the And what damage. do you have to say? Like, again, yeah. like we're not networking so in the club. Yeah. What do you have to say? That Is he grandma dying? You need to hear, like, what right, the fuck are we like, doing? Like that you have to hear right now. Yeah. You didn't it's, even have, well, you had handsy people over the decks, which is kind of like the same thing, like spatial. I remember I went to one of your shows last year and you were, were dating somebody at the time. And there was some other girl that was standing like the, your ex was in the booth with you. So, but there was some other girl who was like this, like yeah, over like your deck. Yeah. She kept purposely putting, and she's like looking and, and I'm like too nice to just. I was well, I was about to do that. It's like, dude, he can't see. Yeah, like yeah. he can't see. Like she was like pretending, like she was like cooking up with. Yeah, him. I know. I was like, this is- whenever I see that, I'm like, you yelled at her though. I, I did. I was I did yell at her. I did. Yeah, I do that for you. I, I was like, thank God. I am not like confrontational unless in. it comes to you at this yeah. point. Yeah, because she just wouldn't stop. She was just drunk. She, she was, was really drunk. But like, yeah. She's in like half the footage from that show. Yeah, right. You can't even like promo anything. <laughs> I can't even anything. use a video from that show because of it. Dude, I, like, I have been low alcohol for the past couple years. I hope to... But no, you I, were never I like that. Never, I've never been like that. Like the one name drop I will I will say is if I can even remember. I almost said Martin Garrix. No, who was I who, who's uh who the hell was I in the booth with at Live? Cause I got taken up there and they told me like no phones, nothing. 
And I was standing there. I don't know. It was some fucking big. Some EDM guy? Like EDM, EDM? You said Martin Garrix. It wasn't Martin Garrix. It definitely wasn't Martin Garrix. Isn't that embarrassing? I don't remember. But they told me, and I just, I was like, cool. This is a fucking cool opportunity. Nobody was in that booth, but the people I knew. And I got to stand up there and watch. And I'm like, I'm going to, and I was fucked up. They were pouring tequila in down my gullet. And yeah. I'm it's like, still, how am I supposed to maintain myself? Yeah. But I was, I was like, this is a big thing. Like I'm going to sit, stand here and just enjoy for two minutes and then leave. Like people are just, you have to imagine that in their normal life, they are also not very intelligent. Industry intelligent. Yeah. Just yeah. no cooth. Yeah. There's no social cues. Yeah. They don't understand social cues at all yeah. in clubs. Yeah. And like, Yeah. So, okay, so this is funny because I had on my list people who talk the whole time. It's the same thing in, like, when you're in the crowd. Um, Not just people who talk to me, but people who talk to each other and they're in front of you or next to you. And then your your brain just decides to, like, focus on their conversation. Yeah, and you're like, why are you talking? Like, if you need to talk about something, just go to the back. And like then like all the, or go to the bathroom. And then if the music pauses for a second, you just hear their voice. Right. And it, ru- <laughs> and it ruins the fucking, whatever yeah. was about to come. Yeah. I like, I already stand in the back as is. And so like when I say in the back, like, I mean like go, go outside, like go anywhere else, take up a smoking habit and go fucking smoke and talk. Like, I don't care. Like just mm-hmm. don't, it's not the time or place at a loud club. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. So you, uh, so the next one you had was the phone signs, which I feel like is kind of a hot take because yeah. some DJs like like my girl Peggy Goo, like she posts them on her page yeah. all the time. Like, so I mean, I'll go. I mean, going into that, like I don't mind funny phone signs if there's good funny phone signs. I love it. it has I think to be that's unique. hilarious. It has yeah. to be unique. It has to be unique. There's okay. What gets annoying is when people put up play Bad Bunny because it's not because they want you to play Bad Bunny. It's because they're trying to make a joke. It's like Freebird. It's yeah, the new Freebird. It's, it's yeah. the new Wonderwall. It's the new yeah. Freebird. Yeah. Freebird. It's literally just like, okay. Yeah. It's, you know? It's like, how can you not think to yourself, I'm probably like the 500th person to do yeah, this. I probably shouldn't do it. There's one that I saw. Did you, who was it that was like, I have a tea time at nine in the morning. Something like something my, funny. Yeah, was that yours? I, it was my show. What, I, what I was had, it? Uh, my show. I posted a picture. See, I like it when people do this shit. This is funny. At my show yeah. in San Diego, some guy said like he held up a sign. And he had like a deadpan face, and like it said like I have a tea time at eight a.m. or yeah, something like yeah. that. And the whole show, he was just holding up funny ass signs like that yeah. with like a deadpan face. But yeah. then like he was vibing. Yeah, was, right. Yeah, like he kind of understood the. I've been behind like booths too, where like people are, are adamant on either handing the DJ their phone or handing them like some trinket. Yeah, and it's like they're trying to be nice, but like when you have somebody holding up a phone for because they want the DJ to take a video from their perspective, and then they do it like ten times, it's like, dude, he has to. Yeah, he or she has I'm a working. fucking DJ. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like this is their job. What if I came up to you at your job and just like stuck a phone in your face? Yeah, I know. Yeah, those are again like just people who lack awareness. And on the opposite side of it, you know what always makes me feel so like, dude, don't worry about it. So many times, if I'm DJing in like slightly smaller venues, mm-hmm. someone will come up to me and be like, "Do you mind if I take a video of you? Do you mind if, I- dude?" Fuck yeah, yeah, take a video like, that's of me. A whole, yeah, take that's a why I'm here. I, I would don't not care. Do yeah. whatever you want, man. I would that's, not be yeah. here. Yeah. Like, like I Tag need me. you. I need you to yeah. be posting. DJs these want things. you posting videos and photos. Like, yes. Yeah. I have I don't mind heard, if you ask. It's it's super nice of you, but like, do it. Oh, I have. I have worried. heard on the on the flip side though, which I think it is becoming a huge problem. No is phones and shows. Everybody is taking like. 
I, I've said this a million times, like I'll usually take one and then it's, and then I put it away. Yeah. It sucks because like, I do like looking back at the memories, Yeah, you know, um, sometimes just going through them and reminiscing. If I didn't take videos at ARC, I wouldn't have sweet footage for the last episode of Relevant Frequencies. That's true. So like, it is good content, whatever. But when you look, and I think who's really um, made this like a hot topic is like uh, Tale of Us because all of their their stunning visuals that you see from their professional camera, there's a million phone screens of what, and so that's really like kind of put this in the limelight. What would that footage look like if everybody just had their phones away? Did you see Vintage Culture and James Hype just did a show during 80 that was was no phones? phones. There was like five phones out in every photo that I saw. Like maximum really? of like okay. a ton of people. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Just like because they can't rightfully the, take everyone's phone away. I know, at the door, but like you respect know? those rules. Like, like I, I just got my Soho membership, and one of the rules is to not take any pictures on, you know. know. And I think I've the whole rule is kind all, of yeah. pretentious, but at the same time, like, just respect it. It's kind of nice. I have been enjoying it, and I think that it just actually creates it if people follow the rules, it creates more laid back atmosphere. Cause one thing like this, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but one thing that I've noticed a lot lately is just people being recorded without permission, like in the yeah. streets and stuff. Oh, yeah. And like videos I used to laugh at. Now I'm thinking about, and yeah. not like, it's not necessarily at someone's expense, but it's just like a funny thing that happened. I'm like, all these people did not ask to be on your freaking TikTok. No just got, privacy anymore, yeah. So in that regard, like I think, the no phones in certain situations is a really nice yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine at those parties where there are no phones allowed, it's hard to like look around and see how beautiful like the yeah. room is and not want to take it. You know what I mean? Right, Cause it's right. like, there's no fucking screen pollution right. in the crowd. Right. And like flashing light, like light flashes yeah. from the cameras and yeah. stuff. So like, yeah, I could imagine that like, it's a yeah. site you want to capture, but it's like, I mean, just- we were big on it at our wedding. We we're like no fucking phones because the professional photographer I'm paying a lot of money for, I don't want little boxes up everywhere. So I think, I think that we're going to actually trend more towards this no, no phone culture. Like I think there's, and it won't last forever. It's a pendulum, but I think a lot of people are craving the nostalgia of like simpler times. Like Freddie and I were talking about, um, how there's no evidence because there's all this discourse right now about why the club sucks. And when, when people are saying that, they mean like normie, like pop, top yeah. 40 hip hop clubs. And they say, well, everybody's got their phones out. Everything's being recorded. So you're afraid to do anything dumb. You're afraid to dance. Fortunately in the house and techno scene, like we all dance like idiots and nobody's like people encourage that. Like yeah. the goofier you dance, the better. But in the normie club scene, they're like, well, it sucks now because everybody's being surveillance like you constantly and so you have to make sure that you're like oh I'm in the best section or whatever when we were in college I have zero I think I maybe have like five pictures from my whole college existence inside of a club yeah I get you and it's because we were just having fun and we didn't even think to take like why would like back in the day we're like why would we take a picture in here what's the point yeah we took pictures before in our little outfits do you ever go back like you were in college like 2010 to 14 to 14 yeah like around that time do you ever go back and look at photos and videos 
and like yeah. how horrible the quality of our yeah, phone cameras so there, were, especially inside a dark club. Yeah, so there was no horrible. point. There was no you point. You couldn't make out anything. It looked like a yeah. PlayStation 2 game. I know. I know. Yeah. It was all pixelated. And the thing is, like back then, we would take the pictures at the pregame. Oh, look at our outfits. We'd take a million of them, upload them raw dogged, unedited. Dude, remember the way we used to dress going to raves and shit too? Yes. Not like kids dress now going to raves. No. There's a lot more style to now, everything. Right. Well, now the whole point for people is look at where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before, it was just kind of implied that we were going to those places. We would take a picture before. We didn't have to show that we were at certain places. But now it's like, it's funny because I catch myself criticizing. Like, if I see, I'm not, I don't even want to name names. But like, if I see certain accounts where it's like a person, it's typically a woman, and all of her pictures are selfies, every single one, I'm like, oh my God, that's so like outdated. But now I'm like thinking like, wait, like maybe when she's out, she's just having fun. So she's not taking pictures. I'm like, shit. Like, so I'm like catching myself being a hypocrite. And on the other side of that, I don't know who needs to hear this. This has been spoken about a lot. But if your story is a fucking 50 little white ticks on Instagram and each one is just you at a festival or a show and it's like, I'm not watching any it's of like that. shooting fireworks, like uh, yeah. videos of fireworks. Yeah, it's like nobody, videos. I'm not watching jack shit. No, literally. No. I know. Like, say, find the one good moment to take a cool video and then put it away. Yeah. You don't need your phone out the whole time. Yeah. All right. So we've got that. Um, my last one is people who try to move in large groups. This is more a thing at festivals or bigger shows, like ones at Radius. You and I feel like this happens more. I don't know. Like I, I haven't been to like a bass or dubstep show since I was a kid, but it sometimes happens where like you have people like 10, 15 people deep yeah, and they're all trying to move in a single file line. So you just have to like wait. We also until- have in the club when they're trying, when they're like moving and then they all stop in one spot yeah, because there's like a bench there where two of them can sit. Yeah. It, it, but the, the rest of the eight of them are blocking like yeah. an entire lane to get through. It's just like, yeah. I, maybe cause I don't have a big group of friends. I'm like salty, but it's like, why are you going to an event 10, 15 people deep, and then trying to stay with all those people. Like, that is not what happens. You, you're supposed to get lost. You're supposed to meet back up. You're supposed to have your own experiences. When you're so focused on, oh, my God, we got to move as one big unit, you're yeah. just, like, ruining it for everybody yeah. around you. It's like, all right, Mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, we don't, like, and then they, use, and then, of course, at festivals, they use the totems, which is another huge ick to make sure yeah. everybody follows them. Well, I yeah. just, I like to be nimble. When I go to shows, so I'm rolling like one, two people deep. And sometimes I'll say, hey, you guys want to get closer? Cool. I'll stay right here. I'm yeah. not fucking moving. You guys go enjoy. And, you know, like like literally if I go with like Freddie and like, you know, you or something, like you two move up and I hang back. I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. No, I get that. I get that. All right, your last one. Uh, this My is like in, one in, in general. general was just that drink prices and prices at festivals in general. You shouldn't pay the same price for two drinks that you could pay for a, a, a shirt, a piece of merch. Yes. There's obviously reasons. I mean, the upcharge is gratuitous. It's insane. There's obviously reasons why they need to upcharge. I mean, you've worked in multiple bars. Yes. So what? So how do you compare the upcharge of like a festival or a club versus like a restaurant? How? What would you say? Well, I mean, like... A beer at a, so a beer at a festival that, you know, is like a regular, like 
what, 12, 16 ounce pour is going to be no less than $9. Usually 12-ish dollars. That same beer at a bar is going to be five to seven dollars depending on what kind of beer you get yeah um is it because the price of the festival tickets are relatively inexpensive what festival tickets are inexpensive here's what i'm saying it is inexpensive well arc was very expensive this year but when you consider the production i mean the event i went to on on saturday which was unbelievable at the epiphany center their halloween party it was the rituals shout out to them that was incredible I know the person who does all of marketing for Epiphany Center. He's not Rituals Associated. He just works for Epiphany. Mm-hmm. He said that they put like 35 Gs into production for yeah, just that production event. production costs a so, lot. So I'm saying, and we've talked about this, the low margins, are the drink prices to make up for the margins everywhere else? Oh, because, they're 100% they're doing some because of the that? Ticket, because when you think about the ticket price with all the production if you're paying on average, let's say one fifty to three hundred dollars, I'm going to do this right now. If there's fifty thousand people attend your festival, and say you have VIP packages and you have base packages, so the base spread is around three hundred dollar packages that people are spending. That's fifteen million dollars on ticket sales. Okay? okay, you can't tell me you can't pay out artists and 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 production with that. I don't know. I don't work an event. I mean, okay, you got to think about permits. You got to think about yeah, no, uh, security. You're not paying for the whole event in $15 million. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But like yeah. double charging for every single drink I is. Think, no, I agree. I'm not, I'm not justifying. Yeah. I'm just wondering what is a reason. And like charging a absurd for water. Like there's like $10 water. Yeah. I mean, they say that they have like water stations Which or never whatever. work. Like, yeah. That literally like bullshit. there's been so many issues at festivals with it. Like I don't think that's, you can't rely on like a natural pump or a, yeah. a local pump to support 50,000 yeah, yeah. fucking That's people. Fair. Also Ever. canned water sucks ass. I hate canned water. Yeah. I hate it. Do you like it? No, I, I don't like it. I like boxed water actually. I've never had that. That stuff's actually not bad. I don't know why. I've never had that. It's like carton. I'm all about the sustainability, yeah, sustainability of having, yeah. yeah, but I just think canned water tastes weird. Yeah. Tastes I don't like, like water and aluminum, aluminum yeah. or anything. Yeah. Aluminium. Aluminium. As they say That's in the UK. They, yeah. <laughs> So, no, I agree. I mean, I think the the drink prices are, I mean, I don't really drink anymore either, so that also kind of helps my case. Yeah. They are, I wonder what a fair markup is. The problem is, is it's just like going to a baseball game. They know you're there. They know you want it, so they can charge it. You can still get, like, a Miller Lite at the Cubs game for, like, seven, eight bucks. Yeah, but then you're drinking Miller Lite. Yeah. But you, li- you like Miller Lite. No, I don't. I like I, High Life. Oh, right, right. Excuse me. Big Excuse difference. Me. Yeah. I wouldn't know because I don't think I've ever had either. Uh, maybe Miller Lite in college. But so that's the thing, though. They've got you captive, right? They yeah. have you captive. That's why there's no in and out privileges at any show or festival because they don't want you to go drink somewhere else and then come back. Yeah. So that's that. Um, one more note before we sign off here that I want to make not about on this topic, on a separate topic. Um, I keep getting reminded recently, um, every year, um, of Avicii. And I mm. want to talk about that really quick because I don't think a lot of us realize that Avicii died at 28 years old. 28. Super sad. Um, yeah. I feel like we were just talking about Britney Spears earlier and how she went through a lot. And we can get into that whole topic of like, you know, there's some industry guinea pigs out there. There's people guinea, that like the industry, like, yeah. 
you know what I'm talking about? Like used and abused yeah. for their own yeah. market research. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there was nobody that worked harder than Avicii when he was around. Um, but he also played hard, played really, really hard. And he messed up his body pretty bad from it to a point where when he was trying to get better, he couldn't. Um, just take care of yourself, y'all. Like this is this, there's a lot of temptations in this scene. You know, there's take care of your ears, take care of your gut, your liver, like take care of your bodies. Cause this shit is fun, but it ain't worth dying over. That's a great point. And I think, um, the holidays are a tough time for aspiring artists who might not get the support from family that they're looking for. And so that can also drive bad habits. Yeah, I think I have the holidays on my mind a lot right now Mm -hmm. because that's, that's a sore subject. Um, and I know that a lot of people can relate. And so, you know, find solace in the music, but the stuff that comes with it, you you just have to, can you imagine if we like for the past, for the past five years had more Avicii music? I would have loved to see how he changed with like the modern industry. It would would be freaking beautiful. He took a lot of, a lot of risks. He did musically. I mean, we follow, we were following him. Everyone was following him, you know? Damn. That's a bummer, Jonah. Yeah. It's a bummer. I think about him all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's really sweet. It's it's true. And I I know that there's a really big trend. I posted about this the other week. I shared a carousel of artists who are like out and proud sober Mm -hmm. or low alcohol. Yeah. Um, And I think there's going to be more of that, especially with the rise of mocktails and other options. And the legality Um, of weed too. Yep. And... um, and I think that's that that can influence people. I mean, there's no no one better to like hear it from than the people you look up to. Yeah. Your mom and dad could tell you, your friend, you know, it just you have to um you have to wanna hear it and be open to receive the message. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. Well that was that was really good. That was a productive conversation. And um, you know, like I said, holidays are coming up. This is kind of like for some, it's kind of the rest and recharge and reset for for a good new year. Others, it can be a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's let's end on this. What is what is your advice for artists who might have to spend some extra family time and not? I mean, every family has its challenges. I'm not like uh, you know, saying everybody has the same set of circumstances, but like. Another thing to note too is that like when people go through the holidays, they feel like they're not working and so it stresses them out. Give your advice from the perspective of an artist how to navigate the holidays coming up. How to navigate the holidays. Well, from what you said before with your family not exactly um, aligning with your views on what you want to do, um, I will say this. Your parents, as much as, you know, you don't agree with parents on certain things, you might be younger than us and like have, you know, still in their house or something like that you might not agree with your parents on a lot of things and you might think they're dumb sometimes but they are generally a lot smarter than you think and if you are trying to be a dj you might be extremely serious about your career you might really want to do this and be very passionate but on the outside it might not look like that especially to someone who's not a part of the scene um you spend a lot of time partying you know um i know that's part of the gig but they can see it when you're not a hundred, your parents can tell when you're not a hundred percent. If your parents, if you, if you have a 
somewhat of a loving relationship with them and your entire family, they can see a hundred percent if you're not a hundred percent, if you're not fully committed to it. So, um, you know, show them you're committed. But uh, other than that, navigate the holidays, take some time off, relax. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's okay to take breaks. It is. Like, creatives are such workhorses. People don't realize that they're constantly thinking about monetizing something that isn't necessarily always tangible. Mm -hmm. You're trying to make something tangible out of art. Don't try to rush a Christmas remix on the internet. That's another good one. (laughs) Take breaks. Enjoy this upcoming period of time to kind of relax because you can't, like, pour from an empty cup. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? What about you? What's your advice? That's that's what I would say too. I I have to take my own advice on that because I feel the need to work seven days a week. We're both going to work through the holiday. Let's be real. We will. But (laughs) it's okay if big things don't happen during that. Because remember, every it's actually on the flip side. Right. And it's kind of a good time to work on the things that aren't like immediately um, needing to be done. It's kind of working on more like high level projects that you want to like drill down because everybody else is going to be, you know, yeah. chilling. I know. Take your breaks, but like use that time wisely, but also don't feel like you need to be constantly yeah, pr- producing, you know, not just music, just producing. My, like you don't need to put out a My product. label, and I know a lot of labels basically like shut down, like no, they don't take tracks for like after like the first week of December. And, and then until like after, boundary. yeah, after yeah. the new year, they just don't. Just use the time, use the time to focus on things that have been put on the back burner because yep. there's been more immediate needs. Um, but, but like enjoy the rest mm-hmm. and just know that the world's not going to end because you're not putting out a product True. like you would in you know the on season yep all right thank you for that jonah that was that was really good these like this is different than elevated frequencies because we're kind of just riffing and i feel like we need more of this in the in the industry thank you for coming on my show (laughs) (laughs) you asshole (laughs) all right thanks guys